Hi, I'm Dan Higginson, and welcome to the 34th episode, I had to think about that for a second, of the Idle Hand Society podcast, a community for creatives. He's had all 19 COVIDs. I'm joined today by Paul Bentz. <coughs> <laughs> nice one. <laughs> uh, we're also joined today by a good friend and fellow photographer, Danny Jack. Hello. Danny Jack is also my house guest at the moment, which is pretty cool. You've been here for a couple of weeks, right? Yeah, this is really weird. So you're two rooms away from me. Yeah. Um, and we're having a Zoom call together. It's quite nice. We should carry this on. <laughs> you're like, I wish the last week and a half was like this. Yeah, it's lovely. It's great. How long, how long have you been um, in each other's company for now? What day is this? Oh, too long. Uh, way too long. Um... Right. Come, on, come on, Dan. Danny's, Danny's been scratching like a mark into the wall for every day that he's had to... Day 19. Yeah, Today. Like a diary. <laughs> this is, imagine this is the diary room, right? And uh, neither of you can see the other person. What would be each other's worst habits? <laughs> Thank you. You just hung out the call for a second. So I can... <laughs> <laughs> That's a great starter question, isn't it? Come on. <laughs> I don't dare. I'd say, I don't dare. I'm going to go for it. Danny's very optimistic. Is he? Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's, a great, that's a great trait. Yeah, it is a really good trait. It is a really, really good trait. Like sometimes you're just like, holy shit, I can't believe how optimistic this guy is. <laughs> yeah. I mean, just for a bit of context, I've been trying to buy a house for the last six months, which is why I'm staying with Dan because... I'm in the last week, but I yeah, think this is yeah, the optimism because yeah. I've just been like, oh yeah, no, uh, definitely next week. <laughs> I'm definitely moving in next week. Um, <laughs> I've been saying that for about two months, so. It'll be, it's, it'll... it's around the corner. It's so it's so cool. I, I'm, I'm really grateful that I'm in a position to like put you up for a couple of weeks while your house will go through because it's such a big milestone in someone's life, right, Paul? Yeah, yeah, it is. Let's, let's jump forward into the future, 25 years, 20, <laughs> 20. 46. But when I'm hey, still boys. waiting to move into my house. <laughs> <laughs> you've lived with everyone. You've been with Paul for a <laughs> yeah, bit. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I've got, got a space in my bed for you, Dan. It's fine, mate. Well, well, is this an open invite to the both of us? Like, what is this? Why not, eh? It's the 21st That's, century. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Hell of a proposition there, isn't it? It is. It is. So um, tell me, tell me. I mean, I think we should, uh, Danielle and... Dan, this is going to be mm. tricky all afternoon. This isn't it? They know each other, right? You, how, how did each other? How did your relationship start, boys? What was it like? Walk me through that first that first date. I think I know, and Dan, correct me if this is wrong. But we first met on a on when I tried my hand at hosting a workshop, right? Yeah, that's was right. That the very first time we met. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. Twenty nineteen. Twenty nineteen. Okay, so three years ago, when we were young, strapping men, um, before COVID I, had crushed I, all our hopes and dreams. Before, before the. Um, the apocalypse, yeah. Um, I think I hosted a photography workshop. And in hindsight, um, weird that I did that because I didn't really know much about what I was doing three years ago. And I thought I would try and tell others what to do. Like um, most workshops out there. Sorry. Yeah, sorry. yeah exactly. <laughs> um, and then Dan came along. It was really nice. And we, and, um, we stayed in touch. Um, yeah. And you were just a lovely, lovely man. And you asked nice questions. And you, you put up with all of my... Um, can I swear? Can I swear? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah There's yeah, an explicit okay. tag. You okay, fucking yeah. say what um, you like. Uh, fuck yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, you put up with all my bullshit, which was um, really nice of you. Back I, I don't know about that. I took a ton of notes. That was actually right. So this is the thing, right? And you're going to discover this about Danny over the course of the next, like, 60 minutes. But Danny is a very humble guy. 
and I can mm. see him going a little bit red over there. And but, handsome. He's <laughs> <laughs> like, I am the most modest person you've ever met in your life. Yeah. <laughs> That's what everyone says about me is I'm really fucking modest. Yeah. Like, not only are you a great photographer, but your mm. business head is screwed on. Like, I took so many fucking notes from that mm. workshop. What is this? Sorry, I was giving you romantic music in the background. It, 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 like... it wasn't romantic. <laughs> <laughs> it sounded very solemn. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I was like, you know, I get my violin out. Do you think violins... I don't think a violin's a romantic instrument, do you? Depends where you put the bow, I suppose. Yeah. Can we just carry on talking about how great I am? Can we just get yeah, back? yeah, come Sorry, on, yeah. come on. Okay. Come on, <laughs> His yeah. head is expanding at a rate of knots. I'm not I sure know, he's going to be able just, to get through the door. Let's just get this done because, like, yeah, get, I'm never going to the fucking of, end of it. Like, yeah, so, let's get so our Danny's, fan- Go on, go on. Dan, Dan, Danny's business mind is unbloody believable. He's, like, one of the most productive people I've ever met. And living with him for the last week or so has just shown me that the guy is incredibly driven. So I think we all have a lot to learn from Danny. Okay, okay. i got a good question for you. I've spent... The week together then, boys. Dan, Danny Higginson, what's, what's the, the one piece of wisdom you've taken from Danny Jack this week that, that you feel is going to um, help your business grow over the next 12 months? Set goals. So this is Ooh. something I probably wasn't doing before. Like I, I just sort of did a lot of tasks, generally in the direction of getting shit done, but not with any real direction. Danny, more than most people you'll ever meet, will have a list of shit that he needs to get done and all of those things push in the same direction. So there's like a lot more constructive work that he's doing. So basically he'll do what takes me like a week will take him about an hour because he's actually doing it, not procrastinating. <laughs> give, give us, give us, a, give us a, some examples of the, the Danny Jack goals. Go on, what, what, what are daily goals are you doing? And then give me weekly. Do you have daily, weekly, monthly? How does it oh, work man. for you? Um, yeah, I, 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 firstly, that's very, very nice for you, Dan. Like, lovely, nice words. Um, I am blushing. Um, but I don't know if I set... I, I don't want to contradict you, but I don't know if I... I do definitely set goals. I always think um, just whatever moves the needle, like whatever, whatever you can do on a day which moves the needle in some way forward towards, you know, whatever. Um, but I guess example-wise, I mean, yeah, I was talking to you guys just earlier before we started recording about I'm trying to move into, like, commercial work. So whatever we can do to get that going on. So, you know, what are the steps of that? How do you become a successful commercial photographer? I'm like, well, okay, I need, a, I need a portfolio. So that means I need to talk to people and book in shoots and get shoots done and get them edited. And, okay, okay so we need a logo. So, um that was actually on the. Um, we were trying to think of a names for the commercial photography company earlier. Oh, that was um, there are some corking ones, right? Yeah. Um, well, I mean, if any of your listeners can suggest a name, because I have no idea. Um, I was actually on the Wu Tang Clan rap name generator to try and find a name for the business <laughs> earlier, on, um, which didn't help. Um, and that is yeah, the just, way all business names should be. It should out. be. Right? It should be. Um, but no, just trying to think of. Just different ways, which actually, either are you doing busy work or are you doing tasks which actually in some way progress you forward? And I try and focus on uh, the, I suppose, the goals which actually have importance as opposed to the ones which maybe seem the most urgent, if that makes sense. Um, yeah. So sometimes things might seem super, super important. Like, for example, doing things like, oh, cl- clearing your email might seem really important. And it is. I guess you do have to do your email. But they're not the kind of tasks that actually push you forward in any way. So I try and put those off and I try and focus on the things like, okay, I'm going to make a new website and I'm going to do this. I'm going to book in shoots and 
get paid somehow. <laughs> make the, the stuff make that's going to ultimately know? generate an income, right? Yeah, yeah. And especially in the photography world, I think we can fall into a trap of doing all this other stuff instead of actually taking pictures. And taking pictures is the stuff which makes us money. So we should be doing whatever we can to to take photos, I guess, whatever that is. Um, yeah. I guess that's it's it's weird talking about me. Sorry, guys. I'm trying to uh, I'm trying to think about how I how I do it, but yeah. I tell you what, I, I I I so I'm going to start asking questions, and I think I know the answer to some of them, just for the benefit of Paul. Really, let's just explore a little bit. Did you grow up in a creative household? Were your parents at all creative? No, I didn't. Um, I mean, not in a traditionally creative household. Like my parents weren't artists or musicians or anything like that. Um, my dad. Uh, is a businessman. So I think I maybe picked up some stuff from that. Um, he's always had a lot of drive um, and he's always been a grafter. Um, and my mum kind of, it was the um, the secret business uh, woman. Like she kind of was in the background, but she was doing all of the, the admin stuff and basically making sure that the business didn't completely collapse. So she did all of that. Um, so I did pick up some stuff from that. But no, to be honest with you, I wasn't a creative myself until... Um, until I started going to university. Before then, I was a maths and science nerd and I hadn't even touched a camera and everyone told me I couldn't do art and that kind of thing. I should stick to other stuff. But it's only when I went to university. Um, I guess I had a midlife crisis <laughs> at 18 and I was like, I'm going to be an artist and I'm going to not do all the stuff everyone's told me to do. So yeah, um, yeah, I kind Wait, of just so went you to hadn't done direction. anything? You hadn't done any art stuff before uni? I, I mean, like I was a musician, um, for a bit um and i always like music and i always liked art i've always been like a movie nerd and i've always liked um appreciated photography and art but i never really picked up a camera until um i decided to do to do a degree in photography and film that was kind of the first time i really got into it to be honest with you that's crazy how did you get onto the course because they must have been like where's your previous experience yeah um i don't think they cared <laughs> i think they were quite <laughs> quite happy to just take my money um <laughs> Um, I mean, it was technically a science degree, so I did have you know, A-levels in science, okay. but it was really photography and film production, so it was like the technical side of that. But I guess I kind of got through that loophole that way, I guess. Any like massive early influences that really, like, so I'm thinking at that point in my life, I, I always did all the creative subjects, right? So it was, I can't even imagine what it's like to come out with mathematics and science and that kind of stuff and then just be like, oh, I'm going to do creative stuff now. There must have been, or I'm imagining there was, something or a bunch of things happening in your life that just made you think, do you know what, I could do that? Um, so I don't think it was anything in particular. I don't think it was a, a particular movie or anything like that. Uh, I think I have this tendency to always try something new, uh, which I think is something which is always kept with me. So I think it was just a reaction. It was more of a, okay, I've not done this stuff before. And I wanted to try something new and I wanted to completely throw myself into a new world and just see if it works. I always felt like I was quite creative in other ways anyway, in terms of problem solving and just messing around. Um, and I liked the idea of directing. I liked the idea of making films and making productions. Um, I didn't know anything about it. And I just thought I would give it a go because, yeah, it was just something new to learn. It was just a totally new world to me. And I just thought, I, I feel like I'm going to like it. It was just kind of like a, like a hunch, I suppose. And and it worked out. Um, I think that's something I've kept with me this whole time. You know, the reason I love being a photographer so much, and maybe you guys are the same with this, I don't know, be interesting to hear, but I really like that. I always feel like I've got more to learn. I've got more to, to, to progress with, you know. Um, 
there's, there's, ne there's never really a ceiling in photography. Um, and as soon as you kind of get close to that ceiling, you can pivot and you can switch to like a new genre or a new speciality, um, which is what I love most about it. I think I've said to you in the past, Dan, like if I ever thought I knew everything I wanted to know about wedding photography, I'd kind of pack it in because I think it'd be boring at that point. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that's kind of how I ended up loving the, the course at university and I loved learning everything because everything was brand new. I didn't even know how to use Photoshop or anything. I just showed up. And um, I remember my one of my photography teachers, uh, she gave me, well, I had a phone, but she downloaded some apps onto my phone and she said, go out and shoot with your iPhone and just do that for the first few months. Don't worry about anything else. And, and that was kind of my introduction into photography, was just shooting with my iPhone, going around. There was this app called Camera Bag, I think, um, which was one of the first, like, kind of, like, it, it replicated, like, you know, like the Lomography cameras, like the Holger cameras and the Dianas and yeah, all those yeah. kind of, like, toy cameras. And it was just that. I just wandered around and I shot with that and practiced framing and practiced composition and practiced, uh, yeah, just looking at light, that kind of thing, all on my phone. And it was only about, you know, about three, six months later, I was like, I'm going to buy a camera. And I kind of went from there and kind of didn't look back, really. That was sort of how it kind of started. Not your traditional way of getting into photography. I didn't start by shooting film. I didn't start. I wasn't that kid who had a camera with him, like on holidays when he was younger. I just wandered around <laughs> as a confused 18 year old with an iPhone, just taking pictures of like bikes and bins and basketball <laughs> nets and whatever, you know. That's the way to do it, I think. Like I agreed. Uh, I think it is. I think. I think all of us do that, right? I think doesn't everybody start that way? Like the. I mean, I know there's some really out, outliers who uh, who had a camera since the moment they've been born. But on, on the whole, like there's a lot of people who've kind of got into it. I don't know. Maybe not so through school, but just picked up a camera and then found yourself quite enjoying the idea of being. I don't. I, I mean. What what what's like outside of earning money from photography and, and work? Do you, do you take pictures for personal for your own stuff or or, or not, Dan? Yeah, I do. Um, maybe not as much as I used to, admittedly. Um, especially with some really busy wedding seasons, I do. I invested in like a smaller, more carry around camera to kind of get back into that, as opposed to using my work cameras. I think that was just a psychological choice. I didn't want to use the same cameras I use for weddings, what I do for my personal stuff. So now I have a separate camera and I can go out and shoot with that. Or I shoot with my phone quite a bit. And yeah, I really enjoy shooting for myself. I love going on holiday and taking pictures. I love, you know, going to do street photography. I think it's really important when your your entire income is based on creative work to have something separate. Mm -hmm. And that doesn't have to be photography, but um, you know, part of that is um, I'll also go do things where, you know, creative things, which I've got nothing to do with photography as well, you know, you know, play music and um, try and draw something, even though I'm not very good at drawing. Um, just anything to recharge the batteries, you know. I think that is important. Um, mm -hmm. Definitely. I think when it's your sole income as well, it can, it can get a bit daunting otherwise. Yeah, I was, thinking, I was thinking on the idea of, you know, breaking into the commercial world. And I think one of the things, thinking about it is... is your, your personal work kind of drives, right? It kind of drives through into your commercial work and it kind of is a blend at some point. Eventually, you'll notice that the way you shoot for a commercial client is the way you shoot for your personal projects. And I think having... And, and if you're one of those people who, who is willing to go and 
find the shoots and to set up the shoots yourself to get the work, right? The key is to, to make that personal work your identity. And so you have projects, you know, I've shot, I don't know, whatever it is I shot, six guys who work at McDonald's or whatever. I'm not, but that was such a random thing to say. <laughs> my, my daughter's been <laughs> nagging me to go to McDonald's for weeks. Paul, I'll tell you what you should tell us about. Tell us about the cats. The cats. Have, you ever oh. told, have you ever told the story of the uh, story, story of your commercial shoot with the cats? I don't know if I have ever told that. I'm not sure I have. Well, here we go. So, <laughs> stop in. <laughs> me, 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 and Roman had, had been working for uh, an agency in town, and they asked us. We'd done one. They, we did the cinemagraph shoot with them first, um, so it was the free view. So we did this. Uh, a cinemagraph is a still with us, just one moving part. And we did, uh, it was before the Olympics in 2012, I think. And, uh, anyway, we did that. And then they, they wanted to follow up that with, um, another campaign and they wanted to use cats, <laughs> real live cats. Um, oh my God, I just had a bit of cramp in my leg. I ran today. That really hurt. Sorry. <laughs> you okay? <laughs> it, was, it was like a shock. <laughs> Um, anyway, so they wanted, they, they basically wanted us to shoot cats. Um, and the thing was, and, and this is what you'll find when you get to do these bigger jobs is, is that they didn't have an, a super budget. Like it wasn't a great, a large budget, but it was, it was big enough. Um, but when, once we got the brief, it was basically they wanted to, to, to dress cats up as different TV programs. So Doctor Who, Midsummer Murders, um, uh, I can't think of, there was, there was other ones, I can't I think, think of. There was a superhero one, right? Yeah, there was they? a super, there was, I can't remember, there was an orange, one of the cats was orange, I can't remember why. Anyway, so we, they wanted to use real cats and then basically try and dress these cats up with gear to make them look like TV characters, right? Fantastic uh, idea, by the way. Fantastic idea, right? <laughs> like, yeah. and you're thinking to yourself, can you do this? And this is one of the reasons where you should, one of the times when you should be saying, no, there's no chance I can do this. This is stupid. No. And, and Roman, my uh, French business partner, he was going, Paul, we can do this. This is stupid. This is crazy. I'm like, no, we'll be fine. Look, we've just done the cinema grass. We've done that. Amazing. It was great. You know, we can pull this off easy. Some cats in the studio. What could go wrong? <laughs> <laughs> um, and the, the, what the, 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 the stupid thing was is that, the cats, they weren't trained cats, right? So they, they, these were cats who worked. <laughs> these were like the, the, the employees' cats. cats. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Amateur cats. <laughs> They're like I'm, the employee I'm, cats, I'm right? laughing so hard just thinking about it, amateur cats. It's mad. Um, so, like, yeah, they were employees' cats. So, basically, like, and, and they came, they brought all these, so we bought all the stuff and we had the set and we had the set built and, you know, it was looking pretty cool. And we put the first cat in, and the fucking cat just whoosh, off he goes. Oh, of course. Of course <laughs> right? And then the second cat, whoosh, off he goes. And then the third and the fourth, and it's like I've been there six or seven hours now, and I haven't got a shot, right? <laughs> and I've got the creative director tutting over my shoulder, and he's going, what is this? What is this? What is this? <laughs> and, and eventually, like I was, because the, the, the other thing to note here, Roman would be usually with me, but he was somewhere abroad in a foreign country. I don't Wise know where he was. fucking move. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he, he worked it out that he wasn't going to be any part of the yeah, cat yeah. story. Yeah, yeah. Like, 
But eventually, I had a moment of, I don't know where, I don't know how it even happened, but I had a moment of clarity. And I'd seen some, I don't know how I remember this, but I got a box, right? Just a, a wooden box. And I you said you it. found one of like... Uh, you found a friend or something? Like a cat groomer? Yeah, I can't. Anyway, and the, basically what I did was I just got a wooden box, put it down and then covered like the, with the paper from the set. And the moment I put a box here, the cat's like this. It just sat and I didn't move a muscle. Yeah, yeah you put like, the cat on the box, right? And yeah, just... and that was it. That was it. And it worked, like it worked. And I had for, shot for about another four or five hours Every cat behaved for like just enough time for me to pull off a shot, and uh, we did it. But it was I was the most stressful, horrendous, funny story now. But um, don't shoot cats or children, right? Yeah, yeah. I might try that at the next wedding if I need guests to come have group pictures. Just put a box down, see what yeah, happens. Just, yeah, just get them, <laughs> st- stand them on a box. They won't jump off the box. There's I just thing- grab all the canopies and bring them over to me and just put them there. there you yeah. Go. <laughs> <laughs> this way. There's these um. These rules, like apparently if you put like a red red tape on a pavement, right, people will go avoid the red tape and go around it. Mm. And it's like there's like certain, I don't know what it's called, subconscious cues that you can put in in the domain. And there's one photographer, I can't remember what it is, an American dude. And he basically filled up a, a sidewalk with these subconscious clues. And he got people to go like this way, then they walked that way around. And it was nothing in the way. But they just followed like these, it was amazing. It's just, that's, that's how programmable we are, I think. Well, it's like even now, you know, when you see, I mean, I don't know when this goes out, but we are, I guess, um, COVID-wise, we've got, we're, we've, I guess we've gone past the times of like the stickers on the floor, right? That's not as big a thing. Um, but I still, when I see those two feet stickers on the floor, I will just be like, okay, I'll put my feet there. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> me too, me too. Yeah, for no reason. <laughs> It just makes you want to, doesn't it? We're a funny little animal. We do some weird stuff. But sometimes it can really backfire. I know that if I see something that says, do not press, I have to really fight every fibre of my being to go and press that button. Like, I really want to press that button. What is that? Why why is it I I do that? I don't know. I think, Mm. I think, me too, I think. You're an anarchist. One of my my first... One of my earliest memories is is my finding a box of matches in my parents' house, and then Jesus, lighting, Paul, where is this going? <laughs> Does this need to be lighting cut? them on the stairs and it, doing like a genie and not realizing that was going to happen and going, oh! <laughs> I go, dad, dad, dad. And the stairs for, for our younger listeners fire. that are listening, a genie is where you hold a match on a matchbox, like a business end against the sand bit, and you flick the match and it lights as it flies through the air. <laughs> that, that's the, is that the genie or is yeah, the genie yeah. the one where you wondering. just basically put the lit match in with Into all the, the other box, matches and then like whoosh yes that's, okay. that's, right, that that's the my, genie that's the welsh genie anyway okay okay i think you might be right what do they call the other ones they call those something as well okay so the genie is where you put a lit match in a full box of matches exactly and it, it whooshes yeah that's the best like how much is a box of matches now 60p or something it's the best 60p you'll ever spend it's ever. hilarious ever best fun right it's such a simple thing <laughs> <laughs> it's the simple things in life that give us. Pleasure. I think I'm going to go buy a box tonight and just have a go. <laughs> <laughs> I can just imagine now I'm going to get a phone call from you. Like I've been kicked out of my house. <laughs> just you need the stairs. <laughs> just you need the stairs. <laughs> oh my god! Can you imagine? Oh, that'd be awful, wouldn't it? Yeah, don't do that, guys. Come on, not 
because I'll feel partly responsible. <laughs> I, 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 like, during this chat. I like that the two hosts of the program are like, I know. You I'm should go to play with matches. Come on, guys. Come on. <laughs> and you're like, uh, you probably shouldn't play with matches. Yeah, yeah you're right, Danny. You, you probably, if you're listening to this, maybe, maybe don't play with matches. Just Listen to Danny. Don't play with matches. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, drugs are fine. Matches aren't so cool. <laughs> Only Monday. It is, it is. But when people are listening to it, it might not be Monday. I might not get this edited tonight. It might be a day or two. <clears throat> oh, we should probably acknowledge the fact that we're a little bit late, Paul, aren't we? We yeah, are, we, we, we are. We are. We, we're like a pregnant daughter. We're like a pregnant daughter, two, three weeks overdue. It's <laughs> okay. There's <laughs> a baby giving out. Wait. No. <laughs> Have you ever seen an otter? They do not sound like a tugboat. They do when they're pregnant. Haven't you? Haven't you watched Attenborough? They were on last night and there was these otters and they were just about to give birth. And as she was giving birth, she was going. <laughs> no. And then all of a sudden, it went. Snoop Dogg. So, Danny, is this exactly what you expected this podcast to be? Word for word, so far, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Before, like yesterday, Danny was like, "Was he stressing I'm a little out?" Bit, yeah, well, no, not stressing out. Like me. So, here's a fun pig behind the curtain. I don't think I've ever mentioned this at any point. So, oh, me God. and Danny. Uh, Danny used to have his own podcast. Um, what was it called to start with? Was it just like Danny Jack Education or something? Ooh, and then it changed uh, to Shot Takers, right? That's impending. I can't remember what it Danny was. Jack does smack. Yeah. <laughs> Live on actually, the air. Live in direct. That was my only fans account, actually. <laughs> <laughs> it was just raps about tacos, right? Mm-hmm. Hang on, hang on. Are we going to get a rap about tacos, Dan? Nah. I don't, on, wanna ta- I, don't, I don't want to talk about it. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Yes. Horrendous. I mean, I know we have got an explicit um, warning on the podcast, but I do apologise to everyone that had to enjoy that pun. I know. He lined it up like a, a one... Like a pun. pregnant otter. Yeah. Pregnant otter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, so, so Danny was like... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he, I, I think he thought this was going to be something that it isn't. I think it was maybe going to be a bit more serious. I'm pleasantly surprised. I Would like you like it. me to undress for you, Danny? Sure. Okay. With your eyes. <laughs> <laughs> and your clothes. It's Monday. I think we just need to unwind. It's, you know, I mean, there's a lot. Of, we, we, I think there's a lot of things we could talk about, Danny, about. I think one, one, of, one of my, one of my um, thoughts is this idea of you, you... I mean, how many weddings you shoot in a year, Dan? About 60 or 70? You said something mad like that? Something mad, yeah. Uh, normally... Uh, a normal wedding photographer should probably shoot about 30 to 35, I guess, yeah, is the average. Um, and I seem to be shooting 60 plus this year because of pandemic fears. And I think this is, we talked about this just before we started recording about like the whole, you know, it's easier to run a creative business when you have a safety net. And I didn't have one because pandemic. So I just said yes to every single booking. So I've got that to look forward to. Um, yeah, so maybe we should chat again in August, and I'll have a little cry uh, <laughs> if that's okay with you. Yeah, guys. well, that's the question. I mean, I was gonna, I was like, I used to do them with um, my French buddy, and like, I I can't even imagine what that must feel like, like in the in the heat of the season, mm. um, 
How do you even stay sane doing that in that, in that, like, it, does that mean you're working every weekend through the summer? Uh, yeah, pretty much. And like, I, the best way I guess I could describe it is it's, it started to feel like a job, which, okay, yeah, um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I know it is a job. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know yeah. I sound very spoiled to be like, oh, my job's not a job. And it doesn't yeah. feel like work. Um, but truthfully, uh, for the most part, my job doesn't feel like a job. Um, but it did last year. It was yeah. just like, oh, here we go. Another wedding. Get my wedding outfit out. Get my wedding gear out. Go drive to the wedding. And like, it just felt like I was doing the same thing over and over again. I definitely saw it in my work. Um, things started to get repetitive. I mean, that doesn't matter massively to the clients because they don't see each other's wedding photos, you know, so right, right. they still like it, which is fine. And I think they were happy. But for me, um, yeah, it just felt like I was doing the same stuff over and over, which is hopeful. I'm really sure hoping doesn't happen this year, but it might, you know, and I maybe shouldn't be too hard on myself if it does. Um, have you had any bridezillas? Have you dealt with any like brides who have been difficult or have you managed to avoid the, the pitfalls of the bridezilla? You've got I'm very, amazing I'm, story, ve- <laughs> I'm very lucky, you know. I, I get really good clients. Um, again, this makes me sound um, like a bit of a dick <laughs> by saying that I don't really work and I have <laughs> lovely clients, but I, I honestly do. Um, and I am proud to say that. I think I'm very grateful. But um, I've only had one back in 2018. Um, not really a fun story, but, you know, I, I will say this, that I still think about her. Like, uh, <laughs> um, just, yeah, 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 you get that. She still, she still um, occupies my thoughts quite a lot, not in a nice way. Um, and she, if she's, she's your free you cats, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, honestly, I love all my clients, um, and I don't just say that, but but she can go. You fuck genuinely herself. do. Like, she was awful. <laughs> she was so bad. <laughs> She was just a nasty, nasty person, and I shouldn't have taken that booking. Um, I tell you yeah. what, though, like that's pretty good. Like you must be really yeah. good yeah. at finding your ideal client, considering yeah. you're shooting like seventy odd weddings a year, yeah, yeah. and that's, it's that's... been this long. And there's been one that you're like still gives me cold sweats, but yeah. the rest of them are pretty good. Uh, right? Can I? Ask, and then, yeah, and just coming off the top of that, how long? How long are you turning a wedding round from when you get the photos home and you're at your computer? You, what's your, what's your? How many are you delivering? How yeah. long is it taking you to deliver? Um, and in the heat of the season, are you able to like, are you able to like in the week when you're not working, maybe, I don't know if you don't work on a Monday to Wednesday or Monday to Thursday when the wedding starts again, like are you able to get the weddings edited by the time you start the next one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm an open book about this stuff. It's all good. Um, so I tell my clients I deliver their photos on their one month anniversary. Okay. Um, just to give me space. And they know when it comes in, it's nice and they can, you know, get, have a drink and all that kind of stuff. Um, but really, I try and edit it like on the Monday after the wedding. So it's done about nearly a month before I actually deliver it. Um, okay. That doesn't always happen uh, because of, you know, being too busy or I just want to break. Sometimes it might take a couple of weeks to edit, but I've still got a two-week buffer. So even during the busiest, you know, busy bits of the season, um, it never got close to the deadline. No, um, I would just edit it, upload it. It would just sit there, um, and I'm happy to say that because I don't think any of my couples will hear this. <laughs> they might, you know... Um, <laughs> they, they probably won't. They probably won't. Um, and yeah, it just sits there, just so that like it's ready, um, because I it's a little bit of that custom experience, um, because I can edit it, you know, maybe in two days, maybe a day, um, but I don't want them to get the pictures the day after the wedding, because it just seems like I haven't 
Rushdown, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, genuinely, like I've, I've obviously having Danny under my roof. I've, I've sort of seen him work, and he isn't rushing it. The thing is, is like I've just watched Danny edit two weddings twice. Like, mm. You literally just edited them twice because you were like, oh, I think I can make them look better, and you had another go. At yes, it. and I think if you used to have delivered <laughs> it immediately after you'd done your first edit, you would not have had that space, and they would have had the first good, but not as good. Go at it, right? Yeah. I mean, there's only so much you can do. Um, you know, they, some people say they spend two weeks editing a wedding. I'm like, well, why? Like, like, what are you doing to these pictures? Um, like, are you, are, you, are you adding things which don't exist? Are you, are you adding wings to people? Like, I don't understand how it can take you two weeks to edit. And that's not me having a go at anyone. I just don't get it. Um, like, what could you possibly be doing? How many pictures are you taking on an average wedding? About 4,000. Okay. Um, and I deliver 400 to 600 ish. Um, but there's no, there's no rule. It's just whatever yeah. it is. Um, <laughs> you know, I'm sure you guys, well, I don't know if you guys shoot this way at all, but I know some people will, who will. If, um, you know, something amazing is happening, I generally don't worry about how many pictures I'm taking because I'll mm-hmm. just take it later, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. If there's an amazing hug happening, I think me and you talked about this last night, Dan, like, um, you wanted me to shoot with like a, a wedding with like a 16 gigabyte card and I was like, no chance. It's not <laughs> happening. Um, I actually said 32. I like how 32. you're limiting it. But yeah, maybe it will be 16. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, if, if a most amazing moment between, you know, a daughter and her, her grandma or something happens on a wedding day, um, I don't want to miss that shot. So I will just get it perfect, get it how I want it to be and essentially just press record, you know, shoot through the moment and just, just get as many shots and figure it out later. It's only more work for me, um, which I'm, I'm happy to do, you know? So, yeah, I think, people, I think people think about this kind of stuff too much, man. I think people think, like, oh, I don't want to take too many pictures at a wedding day, but, like, why not? Like, just take as many as you need. Like, don't worry about it. You can, you can fix it later. It doesn't take that long to colour a wedding. Um, you know, if, if, if it does take you a long time, maybe, yes, think about it. But it should, you know, if you can figure out how to edit quickly, then you're all good. Paul, does that translate into uh, your commercial stuff? Because I just, I remember when we'd done some commercial work last year and I don't know, you'd seen these massive, massive amount of data running around off of some obscenely large sensor camera and like... I think, it's, sl- I think it's slower, I think. But, but I think the, the key in, in those worlds is to tether the camera, have the client with you as the images are coming in. Right. And, and making them do selections live as the images are flowing, so you're only you're only editing the selection at the end of the day. You're mm. not left with two or three thousand images. You're just left editing with like two or three hundred. But sometimes that's not possible. Sometimes, like you'll start off with the best intentions, and because of the manicness of the day, the client won't be at the computer, mm-hmm. or you won't. You know, if you can have a, a DIT on set and you can afford it and the budget allows it great take them on board every day of the week priceless piece of person that can manage that that and they can sit with a client so you don't have to worry about going back and forth i think again it's just it's just having people in your team um they're good at what they do you know but they're good they somebody's it was a really good organizer can sit at that computer They've got a folder structure. The images are coming in. They're sitting with a client. They know your rating system. One is great. Two is bad. Three is maybe. And then that's it. You're doing that all through the set. And then you're left with these body of images. 
hopefully you'll then be able to sit with a client at the end of the day and say, look, this is what we've got. Is there anything from this set in the maybes that you want to add? And then that's it. It's like you just go home, work on those. And then, then mainly I'm only doing basic retouching at that point. I'm doing exposure, shadow, basic things. And I'm, I've got a retoucher then. It'll go on to somebody who retouches for a living. Not my retouching, somebody who's absolutely, you know, cost three or four hundred pounds a day, but is really good at what they do, can do better than I could. Even though I could do it, it would take me twice as long yeah, yeah. and it wouldn't be as good. But you know, they'll so spend eight hours on one shot and it will look ridiculously good like they're going yeah. into the pores of the skin and adjusting contrast and it's insane what they do with a brush it's just yeah it's mad it's, it's a whole nother level and, and and a lot of work doesn't require that level of retouching right most of it you can possibly get away with yourself it's only it's only when you make this kind of jump up the next level that they demand uh a, a, a level of finesse this this yeah this, totally. the, you know what i mean and I, but yeah. again i think I think it's, it's, it, it is helpful to, 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 like we talked about this lots of times, Dan, but having a, a sort of a gang of lieutenants, a gang of people around you that work in lots of different fields that are really good at what they do. And over time, you build that up and you love, like you'd start with a small network and they'll know somebody and then eventually you, you, you have this kind of large sort of network of people that if you've got a job of some kind, you can just pop in and say, hey, Tony, hey Steve, you know, can you tell me how to do it? And or do you want to come and work with me on this job? And I think that's really helpful because I think as photographers we kind of are a lone wolf and all of that kind of shit. But I think we also I, convince ourselves that we know what the fuck we're talking about. And yeah, there, there'll I, be literally somebody that's whole job is editing, and we'll be like, mm-hmm. oh yeah, sure, I can edit a photo. Yeah, <laughs> like, well, like, like case in point, guys. Like, um, one of the things I've just got rid of in my business is um, album designs. I used to make albums for, you know, a couple would, you know, images and then they'd make an album. And it used to be um, that I would design the album for them and I would make these proofs and they would make comments, which is kind of like the traditional way to do it. Um, But I was like, I'm not an album designer. (laughs) I don't know how to design albums. I don't know what I'm doing. So I've just given it to someone else. Um, And they sort it out now because like, why do I, I don't want to do it. Uh, yeah, it's not. It's a it's horrible not process as well, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it's a torturous process. It is. Yeah, yeah. it's back and forth. Like, oh, can you move this image over here two inches and blah blah blah? And like, yeah, so just let someone else do it now. But also, um, like, it's difficult because you'll end up getting your sentiments all over something that belongs to somebody else, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you'll look at something and be like, oh, I, re- I really love this. This was my favorite moment of their day, and just because it's your favorite moment of their day doesn't mean it's going to be theirs. So you yeah. might be like. This thing needs to be front and center and massive. I mean, the couple still the couple still choose the pictures. They still make comments. I just don't have nothing to do with it anymore. I'll just be watching um, Disney Plus while they do the album design. <laughs> that's kind of the main difference. <laughs> that's the way to do it, man. Yeah, that's the way to do it. I think there's a I think there's a lot to be said for outsourcing, knowing your strengths, and when you have your own business. I mean, this doesn't apply to everyone. You know, there are people who are starting out their business and they don't have this luxury. But as you move forward, I think it's really important to like know what your strengths are and outsource the stuff which is either a you're not doing a very good job at, or which is distracting you from the important thing, which is you know um, for for us it's taking pictures and make, <laughs> bringing bringing in the income. Um, you know I don't want to be spending all of my time uh, doing Instagram ads and Facebook ads and blah 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 as opposed to um, actually taking photos and getting the income in. So if I find that 
there's some tasks I'm doing instead of doing a shoot. The worst thing is, is if you ever say, I'm too busy to do a shoot because I have too many weddings to edit, for example. It's like, well, yeah, why yeah, are you yeah. doing that? You should be outsourcing that editing so that you can bring the money in. It doesn't make financial sense to turn down work because you have to edit. Does that, that make sense? Sorry, oh, sorry, mate. Go on, go on. There's a bit of a delay. Apologies. Do you think that was one of the bigger changes that you made in your business over the, over the years, having the the brass to be like, uh, maybe I'm not the best person for this job? Yeah, and I and I think it's not necessarily always am I the best person for this job. It's just how can I use my time most effectively? You know, um, am I using my time? Because when you're running a business and when you're, I guess, an entrepreneur, a solo business owner. Your main asset is your time. Um, and how you use that is super, super important. And you have to kind of prioritize. Um, like one of the things which I think always sounds quite funny is that when people talk about like things like, oh, like, should I get a cleaner for my house? Blah, blah, blah. Um, and I guess this is like not exactly connected to business, but it, 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 it this bear with me. A I'm going with the cleaner analogy. Come on, let's go. go. With the cleaner analogy. <laughs> you know, like, okay. So let's say a cleaner takes two hours and you know, you pay them whatever amount of money and, and you just have to look at it. It's like, what is my hourly rate? Like, should I spend that time myself cleaning the house or could I be using that time to be getting more bookings? And like, could I be using that time to do more shoots and to edit more and to get more stuff out there? And, you know, you, obviously everyone's circumstances are different. I'm not saying like, yes, every photographer needs if, to get a cleaner. I, if if but, I didn't have a cleaner, my house would be like some kind of hellhole. <laughs> <laughs> it looks very nice. I can, I can see from the background. It looks lovely, very clean. Um, but yeah, that's I don't know exactly what's going on. That's because it's in grey black and white, Danny. You should go yeah. to his house. <laughs> his computer looks like it's been licked by a cow. It's fantastic. It's like the a key- new one tomorrow. New one tomorrow. Come tomorrow. Come tomorrow. Don't let cows near it. I got to tell you so a funny story relating to that. So I ordered a new screen, um, and it was a, a thirty-two inch screen, and it came today. And I can't carry it up the stairs. It's too heavy. <laughs> Is that because you've been I, out running, or is that just because it's that ridiculously big? It's, 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 it's like, it's the box it came in. It's like, I can't tell you how big the box it came in in. And then it, that is in an equally big box, and it weighs a ton, man. It's like, I, I lifted it, and I was like, oh, have I got weaker? Or is this a really <laughs> heavy monitor? <laughs> but I can't lift it up the stairs, so I have to get one of my mates to come and give me a hand to carry it. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. Can't you outsource that to your kids? Yeah, I'll source it, man. Don't waste yeah, your time. I might that. strap it to Will's back and get him, yeah, 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 whip, yeah. whip him as he goes up the stairs. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Moosh! <laughs> <laughs> I feel like we should all set ourselves a challenge to see like how many ridiculous things we can outsource at this point. <laughs> Come back and have a chat in a month's time and see what we no longer do. <laughs> we could just be living. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just yeah. darning socks for a, for a day job, boys. 24 <laughs> yeah. 7 podcasting now. Everything's outsourced. <laughs> Line. I mean, like, if I could, I mean, that's the one thing I would say about my job. Like, if I could make it so that the only thing I did in my job was go shoot weddings, like, that was the only part of it. I would just go shoot the wedding and I'd come back and I'd give the files to someone and that's it. And, and spend my time, like, being nice to my couples. I think those two things I like. Everything else, like, I'm quite happy just to let someone else do it. That would be great. Yeah, you could probably get it to that, though, couldn't yeah, you? Yeah. Like... No, it's not far off. I mean, yeah. I mean, I still have to do things like blogging and mm-hmm. that kind of thing, but, um, just because I'm quite protective about that, but um, it's your yeah. voice, then I suppose, right? It's your, and that's important to your brand, which is important to your sales. So, yeah, I, I get that. But the editing, once you've got you the way you want your photos to look, is 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 you know, I think that's definitely something you can outsource. Yeah, totally. Yeah, um, definitely. And it might take a bit of a while to get it 
the way you want it. But I think mm. after a while, if you find somebody that's good and you trust them and, you know, and the, the client, you can put your, make enough money off it so that you're not losing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm yeah. Not, I'm, I don't know if this is like a techie podcast or whatever, but like there's, um, there's definitely like AI software out there, which is pretty good nowadays. And you can, you can kind of just give it to that and let the robot overlords edit it for you. Have you done that or not? I've tried it once. It was pretty good. It was okay. pretty good, but you have to, you have to kind of teach it. So okay. they, they tell you to give it like 5,000, 6,000 pictures. And then hopefully by then it should know your editing style pretty well. So it will know things like, you know, what kind of lighting you will, you know, maybe put noise reduction in and like what you would do if you fired a flash. And it's pretty smart. It does, it does quite a lot. Mm. Interesting. Oh, that's scary. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's scary. It also, um, yeah, it also sends robots back to the future and oh, back, back into the past for you. <laughs> yeah, and, to, to rescue Sarah Connor. Yeah. <laughs> Does it also buy you uh, beard trimmers? Does it come and tr- trim beards? <laughs> Overnight, yeah. <laughs> While you sleep. Yeah. That could, be, that, that could be our design, Dan. That could be the thing that makes us millions. A beard trimmer that trims your beard while you sleep. That sounds absolutely fucking terrifying. <laughs> Why would you want that? For the busy man. For the busy businessman. <laughs> for the busy businessman. Like, like, like a trimmer. Like a Roomba, but for your face. face. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> it just crawls need, up on I, your bed. I need it on my ass as well. The <laughs> <laughs> beat halfway through tells you to roll over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> That's it. We've made our, our, our path to a million is on, boys. <laughs> Do you think that that's no. it? Just that idea. No more development needed. We're, we're ready to, to set off. Whether. A body hoover. Can I tell you guys my business idea? Come on. Um, and I like, do, do your listeners, do they, do they email you guys? Do they, do they chat with you guys? Yeah, yeah we I get. ask a question? We, we do get a bit of feedback, so okay. we might be lucky. Okay, cool. Can, can A, any listeners, don't steal this idea because I'll, I'll find you. But B, <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, like some feedback would be great. So I have this idea for a restaurant in London where it's Christmas dinner every day. So you go in um, and it's kind of like royal family, the TV show, esque Christmas dinner. So like quite tacky. Okay. There's like, you know, crackers on the table, it's turkey, it's a little bit cold. You're really there's leaning a... into the Christmas vibe, yeah? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. There's, a, there's, like, there's like... You sound like you've had many happy Christmases, Dan. <laughs> <laughs> um, there's a guy asleep in the corner, you know, all this stuff. He looks and like he... your granddad. Yeah, and he looks like everyone's granddad. And he's um, just watching Bond on repeat. Bond's just on in the background, no one's watching it. Yeah, and then you just go sit down in the middle of the day in July or whatever, and you just have a lovely Christmas dinner with a bunch of strangers. You get strangers. Christmas jumpers. Well, <laughs> if you want. Uh, you strangers. <laughs> That's a really dark turn. I mean, this, right this, idea, this idea is going downhill <laughs> rapidly. But I just thought, you know, for the international crowd who maybe don't celebrate an English Christmas dinner, they could experience it, um, yeah. have a lovely time, um, have a present. Um, that they don't and, want. It's... It's going yeah, to be something. You could, you, you, could you could call it Christmas every day. Yeah. And, and apart from Christmas Day when it's closed. No, apart from on Christmas Day where it turns into an Italian restaurant. Yeah. <laughs> 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 it's brilliant. I think it's a really good idea, guys. Well, why don't you do a little pop-up cafe somewhere? There's loads of... Well, you should speak to a council and then mm. they've got loads of empty shops and say, could I do a pop-up? Like, they, mm-hmm. you know, you could do a trilet somewhere. You could just... Let's see, do it. Get in, get in a little chef. Yeah, you know? I mean, you don't, it doesn't even have to be good. Like, it, like if anything, yeah, like it, slightly dry turkey is part of a charm, right? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Burnt sprouts, 
dressed out chef. You can see the chef and he's like yelling at everyone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he's, he's, drunk. he's been drunk since one he's in the ble- afternoon. He's, ble- he's bleeding from his hands and kidding himself. <laughs> he tried to pick up the turkey with northern gloves. <laughs> he's had too many jars already. I think it could really work. Uh, yeah. I'm just saying, I think it's a good idea. Yeah, I mean, the idea is warming. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, mean, I, 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 oh, I, I hate Christmas dinner. That's okay. Is that a you bad thing? To, um, but you yeah, could just be in there for the ambiance, right? Could yeah, you have, you would, there be like a, would there be a, 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 another option like ham? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, because every time you sit down, there'll be the awkward vegetarian in the corner anyway. So you could have a vegetarian option. Yeah, yeah. You're just getting Christmas then, pudding then, twice. But no, more, no matter what happens, is I'm getting into this a bit too deep now. But like, if you have a vegetarian option, you can have it. But everyone else on the table will have a conversation about why you're a vegetarian. And yeah. you have to kind of explain it to everyone. And they'll be like, oh, can I try your nut loaf? And then like... <laughs> <laughs> Okay, right. So talk me through, right? So you arrive at the restaurant. You arrive at the restaurant. H- how are you seated? Like, how are you greeted? How are you you're seated? Immediately, your clothes are immediately taken from you. You trade all your clothes them. for... Yes, all of your clothes. Um, for new socks. Um, and you get a Christmas jumper. Yeah. And it, your trousers is up to you. But you get a new Christmas jumper. You can um, wear trousers. You can wear trousers. Okay. Um, and then you're taken to your seat. Yeah. You're kind of left alone for about 20 minutes. Um, with, a, with a glass of Buck's Fizz or something? Yeah, a glass of Buck's Fizz. Uh, <laughs> is this interesting? Do you want to hear about it? No, no, come on. <laughs> no, yeah, no, I'm, like in, I'm in. I'm like in. I am all, all, all this. <laughs> okay. Okay, fine. Um, so, yeah, of course, you pull your Christmas crackers, you tell the jokes in there. You just do okay. Christmas Day stuff, you know? Okay. Um, you know, maybe you can hear the Queen's speech in the distance, but no one wants to get up and watch it, so it's just kind of there <laughs> in the background. Um, and then, yeah, and then the food starts to arrive, and everyone kind of gets a bit stressed out. and um, Shout out to each other. Yeah, shout out to each other. Um, Santa will come around at some point, give you guys a present. Um, someone dressed up as Santa, he does that once every 15 minutes. And it's you, Danny, right? It's me! <laughs> <laughs> I also give you your bill. <laughs> and the expensive. food. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, and then, yeah, fill your boots, and then um, you're in like there for like an hour, and then have a lovely time. I like it. I think mm-hmm. this is a great idea. And anybody that's listening that isn't from the UK, I want to know if this is your experience of Christmas as well. Yes. Yeah, because especially um, if anyone's listening who you know, their, their country or their culture doesn't uh, typically celebrate Christmas, yeah. I think this could be a real win. I think this would be really fun. Um, Come and have the Christmas everyone in Britain hates. That could yes. be yours. Yeah, 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 See yeah. how anticlimactic and terrible it actually <laughs> yeah. is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it could just be, the tagline could be... It's not all that. <laughs> Dan, <laughs> Danny's everyday Christmas, it's not that bad. It's not that bad. <laughs> it was all right. <laughs> the, the food is shit. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's got. I think it's gonna. I, I think it's got legs. I mean, yeah, if I, I'm being really honest, I think it's got legs. Turkey legs. Turkey. It's got turkey <laughs> legs. Danny, yes. one tiny thing that brings you joy. Oh, um, if you need some time to think, <laughs> going out. It's, it, it, it's you're deleting it. You're deleting all of us. Uh, <laughs> right, Dan, ask on. the question okay. again. Okay. Ask the question from scratch. <laughs> No, 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 no. But that's more of that stadium than you think. I got to go. Paul, give me a number between one and 23. I'm going to give you one of the tiny things that brings me joy, just to try and give you a bit of it. I'll go for number 19, please. (laughs) Uh, Thunderstorms. Thunderstorms bring me joy. I really like a thunderstorm. Did you write 23 things down, which 
Can you, yeah. can you imagine? It was originally about 40 things, but Paul keeps throwing random numbers at me and I have to drop one out, so then I delete them so I don't answer the same thing twice. Can you believe, can you believe... Oh, this is a question I was thinking about as well. Tell me your, your favourite word. Um, we had this uh, conversation we literally this two days ago, didn't we? Two days ago. Um, okay, so I really like... There's, there's actually two. So I really like the word denouement. I think that's oh. a lovely word. Um, what does denouement, denouement mean? I believe... You meant to say, if, if you could put a French accent on and go denouement. Go on. <laughs> I don't want to offend any French listeners. Um, do, do, denouement. <laughs> we'll get Roman on the line. Yes. We should just phone um, Roman and say, Roman, just one, one word from you. Just one. Denouement. <laughs> I'm sorry, French people. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I like that word. Um, I also like bubbling. I think bubbling is fun to say. Big fan Interesting, because my favourite word is effervescent, which also means bubbly. Well, there's there's a connection already. Can you see, Jack? Mm, we're, we're, bubbling we're, effer- bubbling right. effervescence. That's yeah. good. What about yeah. you, Dan? I know what yours is. I know what yours is. I really like the word spleen. Spleen. <laughs> spleen. <laughs> no, I've got this real thing with four-letter words, right? And this is going to sound really weird and like... It does already, a, a, so a just bit, keep going. A bit woo-woo. I just, I really like four-letter words. The way Dan, they you look know, written Dan, down is oh, really cool. Go on. Do you know how many letters there is in the word spleen? It's, it's, so spleen was my joke answer. Oh, okay. Sorry. <laughs> it's more than four. Okay, sorry. <laughs> uh, yeah. Splee. <laughs> split, split. <laughs> yeah, I just like four-letter words. I like the word slip. That's quite mm-hmm. a cool word. I like words that sound fun. Cube. Cube Cube's is a cool word. Yeah, I mean, you don't get to great content, isn't it? <laughs> this is... <laughs> Tiny glitch. <laughs> sorry, sorry. <laughs> quite apt for this podcast, maybe. I also quite like the word soporific. Sop- oh, that's a good word, soporific. Yeah. Effervescent and sycophantic. Yeah. yeah okay, oh, right, I feel like we probably need to leave that one where it is. So one <laughs> tiny thing that brings you joy, Dan. <laughs> um, Dan, I, I got it, I got it. It goes house. <laughs> <laughs> one tiny thing that brings me joy um can i just take a second to think about this is that right yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll give you some ones i'll give you some ones that some other people have picked that have been really good so okay. uh i think seppi picked when you uh hoover something up no it wasn't seppi it was alex Wilby. when you hoover something up and you hear it go up the tube okay um that's a good answer uh, I think Brunel said he likes new socks, I think. Like the feeling of putting a new pair of socks on. Um, okay, okay. We need to start making a list of the tiny things. But yeah, just like literally something something that maybe you experience every day or every week. That just brings Could it be like putting out the bins or... Um, it's not putting yeah. out the bins, is it? <laughs> it's not putting out the bins, no. <laughs> no, 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 no. The, the best bit about putting in the bins is when some of the bin juice leaks out the bottom of the bag. <laughs> oh my god! And you have I to clean it up. That's that's amazing. That's and then you get <laughs> maggots. Have you had ever bin juice and maggots? No. Oh. How, how fucking long are you leaving your bins in your? <laughs> oh god! When no you wonder get you need a cleaner. Jesus, Paul. <laughs> 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 um, okay, so 
something that brings me joy. This is a really hard question, guys. It's quite. Should big. we do shout outs and then we'll ask you yeah. again afterwards? And you can yeah, frantically let's, let's think, think about this. I can this. have a little think because <laughs> I don't want to say the wrong thing. Lots of things bring me joy. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't want to say the wrong one though. So That's previous things we've had is like, uh, if I throw out too many though, you're going to be like that. That brings me joy. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the ritual smell of, of making coffee. a good coffee. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Smell of coffee. Smell of bread. Like we've. The difficulty of being number thirty-four is that thirty-four other people have had a go at this. Um, um, I got oh, you know what brings me joy. Okay, go this on, is what brings on. me joy um, is when you get really full from um, Christmas like a meal, dinner, from like pizza or, do- or Domino's <laughs> or whatever. Christmas dinner, Christmas dinner. Um, but then someone offers you um, ice cream, and then you realise that actually you're not that full. <laughs> That's my favourite thing. <laughs> I That's really, really I really like that one. Yeah. Do you awesome. think you can ever eat so much in your main course that you won't be able to eat dessert? No. No. <laughs> Two different snacks. <laughs> oh, that's good. That's good. Are we going to do shout? Go on, I'm sorry. I was going to say, can I very quickly just tell you the story about how pizza saved my life? Oh, yes. 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 Okay. It's like, can you do it to the music? Just lay the pizza, save my life. <laughs> <laughs> We can do. Um, so, yeah, I love pizza because once I got, we were in, uh, I think it's Villaggio or Villaggio or something like that in Italy. It was in um, Villaggio. Yes. Thank you for saying Which is the right place to have pizza. Yeah. Is that in, is that in Spain? I hope not. I think I was in Italy. It was, it was <laughs> in Villaggio, Italy. <laughs> Going to a cinema. Um, Paul, Paul, you've got to remember that this story it saved his life, so it's going to get dark in a minute. So you, <laughs> it's, I'm really not, for, it's really I'm not. I'm ready for sound effects. Um, but basically, yeah, we were going to go grab a train um, the next day, and we thought we'd just go to a train station. We were interrailing, so we, we were going trains. on public transport. <laughs> boom, boom. He sounds boom, like boom. one of those voiceover guys, doesn't he? <laughs> <laughs> um, but we were just too full from the pizza. It was so delicious, we decided to go back to our um, our hotel. And... It was full. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'll stop. <laughs> it's really ruining the story. <laughs> come on, come on, come on. Um, but no, and then, um, yeah, but like when we went back to the hotel, um, we heard this explosion. So um, huge explosion, lights everywhere, the glass broke in the hotel. That must have been fucking terrifying. It was weird. I Uh, swear to God, I've I've never experienced an explosion where glass breaks. Me too, me too. Yeah, it was, um, yeah, it was pretty shocking. Um, Still really full though, so we didn't really move. Uh, But it was was still (laughs) quite shocking. Um, Enough room for ice cream. (laughs) Yeah, so we were like, let's go out. Um, But it turned out what happened was a gas train had fallen off tracks um, at the train station and basically blew up the train station. It just oh my god! Um, and it was you know when we were supposed to buy tickets, and that was my you know everyone was really scared. You saw like people running everywhere. No one knew what was going on, um, and all this stuff was happening. People were crying and you know etc. Understandably, and my brain just went, "Oh, I'm so glad I'm full." Like <laughs> I just thought, "Gosh, how lucky are we that we we ate too much pizza?" So. Um. My advice to you guys is just always eat too much. Always, yeah, always eat too much. Yeah. That's, that's a really good... I think that's a great moral to take away from today's podcast. Absolutely. Yeah. Eat yourself else. sick. <laughs> <laughs> this has been a roller coaster. <laughs> this has been a real roller coaster. Have we taken you over the edge, Dan? No. I mean, I don't want to be throwing out train puns, but this has gone further off the rails than I think any of our previous podcasts. So yeah, I am cool. actually really impressed 
<laughs> I think you've kept this on track. You've been all right. Uh, no, I don't think I don't think I have. I was telling people to play with matches earlier, Danny. I, <laughs> I don't think I've been keeping anyone on track. Um, show dotes, show yeah, dotes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's let's do some shout outs. Oh, um, I got a really good one this week. I got a really good one. Go for it. So, so yeah. I don't know how I came. Have you have you heard of the Manchester Orchestra? Yes, yes, I like them. I, I did. I'd never heard of them. I, I must have been living in a hole. But um, the the song, the silence. Oh, I like it a lot. Have you heard it? I uh, no, but I don't I think it's, it's, is that a newer one? It's from oh, their album, A Black Mile to the Surface. Okay, which I think I have heard that album. And um, God, it's it's good, man. It's good piece of music. Seven minutes it goes on for this song, and it's just like. It's worth a listen. It's just a real, a builder. A builder is all I can say. It builds and builds and builds until you get this wall of noise at the end and you're like, oh my God, this is good. That is, it, that is a really cool band. Um, I'm trying to remember, there's another band. Uh, has something to do with astronauts that I think you're like, I'm going to Google okay. like a frantic madman and see if I can remember by the end of the podcast and I'll tell you. But yeah, okay. that's, they're, they're a cool band. I'm into them. Yeah, I, I literally, I, they, I came across them. I think it was a YouTube video. Something I was just, just, they just appeared, and I was like, oh, I like that. What kind of music do you normally listen to, Paul? What's your, uh, what's your jam? I, 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 I have a really, I think, quite an eclectic mix of stuff. But if, if I was going to pick a genre, I would, I kind of like folky guitar, singer songwriter. Stuff, but I do like a bit of everything, really. I mean, if, you, if I was going to give you my playlist, which I I'm happily will do. There's a surprising amount of EDM in your playlists, right? Yeah. <laughs> I got Bicep and... I like Bicep. Uh, you introduced me to Bicep. They're a cool... Ma- Madlib. Yeah. Taylor Swift, Lucy Degas, Kate Bush. It's all James over the place, Bla- mate. James Blake. Yeah, it is. It's all over the place. I kind of... I like going from something that... I might not necessarily think I like. I like just putting on um, Discover Weekly on Spotify and just letting mm. it. Yeah, same. Throw it, throw stuff at me, and then the old, I make a playlist out of the stuff I like. And I listen to quite a, quite a bit of six music. I like yes. kept my my favorite thing is Kareth Matthews on a Sunday morning. I just love it. Feels like I'm at home. She talks to me like my mother does. Oh well, see, we have this m- woman, Mavanwi Thomas, on this week, and we're going to talk to Mavanwi, and she goes, <laughs> she just goes like, and she just, you know, she's like being at home with your gran. <laughs> <laughs> so Keris on a Sunday six music. That's my other golden tip. It's just a one. She just plays such a wide variety of music, and you know, she's she somebody who's passionate. You can tell that she's passionate about it just by the way. The knowledge is massive, you know. Yeah, nice. That okay. is a that's a cool pick. Yeah, and I'm glad that you've discovered that band because now it means I can recommend a load of other bands to you that have a mm. similar vibe. Mm. Um, Danny, uh, mate, do you want to go next or shall I jump in? I don't know if you've got no, one. Yeah, you go. You go ahead, buddy. Go ahead. I'm still thinking of mine. You okay. go ahead. Okay. Uh, so my pick this week. Oh, God, it's another. It's another record. Um, actually, it's a record that I'm pretty sure I haven't picked before, but I may have. But I've just been listening to it a lot recently. Um, so the band is called Krangabin, um, which is almost impossible oh, yes. to spell. Yeah, I like, like Krangabin a lot as well. Yeah, and the the album is um, Mordecai. So it's the uh, 2020 record. It's mostly instrumental, but it's just got this like really nice, chilled vibe to it. Kind of like... Um, 
it kind of reminds me of like it's a cross between some world music and some sort of garage rock it's, it's really weird it's really hard to explain to somebody that hasn't listened to it but it's really chilled kind of funky really really good definitely recommend that band Karangabin, but particularly that record uh, mordecai really good mm. nice they did a song with um what's his name texas sun isn't that like one of their songs texas sun? um let me think let me i'm gonna it's, it's gonna come to bells. me i could, it's gonna come to me hang on a minute and it's definitely i'm gonna texas sun yeah, that's it. That's it. Yeah, Kragabin and Leon Bridges. They did. They did a, oh, okay. a song. They did a song together. It's good. It's good. You'd like it. Yeah, they're a cool band. They're a very yeah. cool band. Mm. Has that given you enough time, Danny? <laughs> I have been sitting here, um, not listening to you guys, just thinking about what. <laughs> yeah, I, I could. I could see you like vamping away there. You're like, oh, just, Hugo, like, just keep talking. Just don't stop talking. Don't stop. Don't stop. Um, can I recommend a book? The book yeah. I don't, I don't yeah. even know what you guys normally recommend, but um, it's actually a book I gave to you recently, Dan, which is um, The Daily Stoic by Ryan Holiday. Um, no idea if it's something you guys have normally talked about, but um, it's, I feel like it's a nice thing to shout out because it's a new year and I think it's a nice kind of way to start the year with a book like this. Um, basically, um, Long, you know, to put it simply, uh, Ryan Holiday is kind of like a modern um, expert in Stoic philosophy, um, and he talks about you know the ancient Stoics and philosophers quite a bit. And this this book um, basically is 366 meditations on wisdom, perseverance, and the art of living, and it's just like a nice little paragraph to read every morning um, with some some nice words about how to live your best life uh, and all that kind of thing. <laughs> Um, which I think is is pretty cool. Um, and I think it's worth shouting out because I think it maybe deserves more credit than it gets. I know it's a it's a pretty bloody successful book, but it's deservedly so. I think I, I, I'm going to throw my weight behind that one as well, actually. And to be honest with you, I probably should have picked that instead of Krangabin. No, no. Like as much as I love that record, so Danny, Danny, sort of threw this book at me when he turned up and um, literally yeah <laughs> like so i've started journaling again um people that listen to the show fairly frequently will know that i sometimes write just general rubbish but since i started uh reading this book i've been starting a journal entry every day based on the lesson for that day so there's like 366 days so i'm hoping to start a 366 day streak in a journal and I've not done that for a while. I don't know, I feel like it's really helped me out. Not just emotionally, but also creatively. It kind of gives you some things to think about. Mm. I'm a big sucker for, for any kind of routine and any kind of like, just starting the day really well. And I don't know if you read this in the morning or not, Dan, but like it's a really nice start today. It's just yeah. Yeah, kind it of is. taking an extra five minutes to yourself just to check in and to read something like this and um, start to have a bit of positivity instead of, you know, getting straight into yeah, um, yeah. into life, you know? I think any creative listening to this, and it doesn't matter if you're a photographer or if you're an artist or whatever it is you're doing, something like this that gets you out of your own head, that stops you thinking about specifically whatever the hell's going on on Instagram or whatever it is that you're kind of obsessing with at the moment, 
and and puts you back in reality i think it will make your work better it's not necessarily specifically about creativity but it's about life and you know your art comes from your life so yeah yep. I definitely subscribe to that. You can't really be creative. Well, I don't, in my own opinion, I think you have to look after yourself first to let those creative juices flow, I suppose. So, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Okay. Mm. Well, I think that's a really nice note to to sign off on. Where's the best place for people to stay in touch with you or keep up with the latest, what's going on in your world? Um, Well, I, I would say probably my Instagram. Um, which I think if you just search down in Jack Photography, you should see my smiley face. I wrote um, this down. It's at Danny underscore Jack underscore, underscore, Jack underscore photography. photography. Yeah, but if you just type in Danny Jack Photography, you should find it. Yeah. Um, I am hopefully starting up my own educational stuff again um, when I move out of your house, down and back into my own. <laughs> um, so maybe keep an eye out for that. I think um, that would be pretty cool if anyone's interested in learning about photography and stuff like that and hopefully there might be some new content out there at some point but yeah we'll give that a little you know, push on our social media for sure right, be nice of you. thank you nice okay you can catch up with us uh, on instagram at idle hand society some people have been bugging us to get back on twitter so maybe we'll do that it would be handy if you could go and leave a review on on itunes or on spotify or wherever you're listening to this reach out reach out to danny say hi reach out to us say hi let us know what you think about the every day is christmas restaurant um <laughs> yeah until then we'll catch you in two weeks take care everybody thanks guys thank you very much for having me um Uh, I, di- I did this event called Glug, which was basically, and this is my top tip for you. This is my golden. This is like Benz's piece of, like, I, I oh can't, I can't. So you find, find an, a creative event in London, right? Like, mm-hmm. so there's loads of them, but the one I did was called Glug. Um, and it was, I got there. I was, a, I was the, the only photographer photographing and I did it for like six or seven years. And what it was, was every month creative, so graphic designers, uh, art directors, they'd all get together and they'd have five would come up and speak about their work. Um, but they would all hang out there and I'd get to meet everyone. And I, I fucking was really lucky. You know, I was, I'm quite nice to speak to. I got on well with loads of people, made amazing contacts. That, that was like, like there's so many people doing that and you just got to be, it's gentle. Like it's not this, I'm a photographer. Do you want to see my work? It's, it's like really soft, right? It's really mm-hmm. like, and you don't even mention it unless they ask really, right? It's kind of that. And then, oh yeah, I do a few pictures, you know, and you play it down, right? You just don't make a big deal of it. And then in the end, like they come into you and like, it was, it was great. Like it was great. And I was fairly new, right? At this point, like mm-hmm. I was just blagging it, completely blagging it. Right. And we did, like we say, we were doing these cinemagraphs for free that we didn't know what a fucking cinemagraph, <laughs> we didn't have a clue, but we could, we could, you could, you know, the internet was there, right? You could learn, right? It's not, if you could take a picture, you could pretty much, you know, how a camera works, you know, it's a bit of, you know, lighting is another thing, but Roman was great at that. And, and that was the beautiful thing is that we, I suppose we were all able to, um, and, and so we did this for 10 years and, and lot, cut a long story short. I was really interested in the, the why of taking pictures and why do I, and the documentary side of it and making projects. And I love that. So that's, that's kind of why I got into pictures in the first place. And, um, I suppose, 
Yeah, I still wanted to do. I'd always done that through the business. I was, you know, I was out at my lunch hour, walking the streets. I was just taking pictures. That's what I loved doing, and and I still to this day, you know, it's it's the thing. Um, it's a drug, I suppose, in a way. Yeah. It's, it's, and and because you, if you were doing that work, you kind of you lose that, like the, like if you've been shooting for three days solid, like you know, I, you don't, last thing you want to do is pick up a camera, right? Like, mm-hmm. please don't let me see it again for a week, yeah. <laughs> please. <Cool. laughs> um, Anyway, I'm sorry. I feel like we're giving up some of the gold for the. Uh, I know. I know. Thing. <laughs> you know, yeah, we, will. we can go back through it if you want. I we? like it though. No, good advice though, man. Like, I, I, I like it a lot. Um, especially the whole safety net thing because it's quite nice going into this commercial world uh, with a safety net of a wedding stuff. And now that I can pick and choose as opposed to being like, right, this now has to make me all my money. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. Nice. I, I about, he's going to do a rap about tacos for us now. Yeah, I know that's what that's how we're opening the show. I think yeah. I'm not even going to introduce the show. Yeah, don't even say anything. Just say you're... I'm just going to drop a sick beat, and then he's going to. I'll, I'll give you. I'll give you a run. <laughs> Danny Jack. <laughs> right, Paul. Come on, let's get recording, mate. Are you? Are you, yeah, are you on your side? Coming from somewhere. Uh, it's not in my house. Oh my god! I got Nick Mulvey playing in my ear. I don't think I've got anything going on. No, no okay. Was the apologi- apologies for that. There was a bit of. Bit I couldn't of hear sweet... it. The sweet tones of Nick Mulvey. You could have just left it going. We'd never have known. Well, that would have been no, nice. I'm glad it's not me because you would have heard like either Hamilton or the Encanto soundtrack in the background, which would have been too cool a first impression. <laughs> that, <laughs> deeply, my, deeply. My daughter cool. loves the Encanto. She's like made me watch it twice with it. So I'm in. I'm in with you. It's, it's all right. It's so good. It is it's good, so isn't good. it? It's like, she, Daddy, can I watch it again? Okay, if we have to. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god! I'm sorry. You lie in, but one day, one day, magically, they're just going to appear at the end of your bed. (laughs) They won't be mine. I don't know who they'll be. They will be magical. Someone else running out the door. (laughs) (laughs) They'll be my brother. God, my brother's just had his third kid, and I was around there yesterday, and he was like, "No, no, it's good having kids." And I was like, "Why is your eye twitching?" As he's saying. 